Father Brown subway commercial with a giant sub in the shape of a cross. It's the Easter special. Welcome to Mystery Maniacs. Mystery Maniacs is a comedy recap podcast dedicated to mystery TV. Each week we dig into an episode of a show, including the murders, the mayhem, the loonies, and everything else we love. This week, Father Brown, Season 1, Episode 10, The Blue Cross. The Blue Cross. I'm Uh, Sarah. And I'm Mark. And if your kids can attempt to foil a world-renowned jewel thief while on a train, they can probably handle this episode. Yep, absolutely. (laughs) It's a train episode. Mark is happy. (laughs) Choo-choo! Hey, big news. Big news. If you subscribe to the newsletter, you already know this. But if you don't, we're laying down the tea for you right now. This is our last episode of Father Brown Season 1. What's next, you may ask? A little gentleman we like to call Poirot. With his little gray shells and his little mustache. So we will be covering from 35 years ago. (laughs) Yes, 35 years ago this month. Yes, Poirot season one. Which includes some of the greats. Oh, there are some great episodes in here. We already covered season one, episode one, episode six and seven. So you'll get remixes of those episodes. And we've got some goodies to go along with those remixes. So don't miss them. Including next week on the very first episode, which is the Clapham Cook. The remix is going to include... I'm still giddy about this. An interview that you simply will not believe that we got. I can't. I cannot believe we got this interview. <laughs> it's in the can, yep. so it actually happened. Yep. And it's amazing. Yep. And you guys are going to squee. You're going to be like, "Wee! I'm so excited." Yeah. <laughs> but other things included in season one. If you haven't watched it in a while, so yeah, we start with the Clapham Cook 32 times. No, you know that's amazing. We get Murder in the Muse, which includes Hastings trying. Trying to fix his car. Yep. Which is awesome. Four and twenty blackbirds is our is in there too, where Poirot hangs out with his dentist. Yes. He wants to see his his work in action. The triangle at Rhodes with all of the references to Pink Gin. Third floor flat with the singing. The problem at sea, which ends with the creepy doll. Yes. Revealing the murderer. The dream where they're in the pie factory and the guy just oh says, I just shoot myself. At least 19 million times he says that. <laughs> I just shoot myself. Yes. So many gems. Yep. Every episode is awesome. Every All single good. one. And we're going to have so much fun with them. So even though we've done a few already, we will be remixing those and adding some goodies to them. Nothing as good as what we're adding to the first one, but and that they'll, should take, they'll be well worth a listen. That should take us into May-ish. Sometime and we'll decide like what to we'll, do next. We'll take some time off because uh, I got to do some stuff at the end of March and beginning of April, but they kind of coincide with the remix episodes too. So you shouldn't be interrupted too much. No, we're going to have so much fun. And, I'm, I'm excited. And we have a thing coming to Bloomington that we cannot minimize to you guys. The fact that, that the sun 
is going to be eclipsed basically over our house. Yes. Is kind of crazy. I can't I can't even describe already. It's it's February and already in town. Everybody's talking about it. They canceled classes at IU. They did, which they never do. And uh, just this week, I got to work and there were these giant boxes outside my office. Like, what the heck is going on? Like, what are these boxes? It was eight thousand pairs of eclipse glasses that they ordered at school to give away to students literally literally eight thousand pairs and that's just at my school in the university never mind the rest of the campus we we know a remote employee who was going to come to bloomington for this and they looked into hotel rooms and they were all six hundred dollars or above yeah we're for talk- a hotel room at the hampton inn the days in was 750 it's wow. insane william shatner's gonna be here it's Every- just nuts everybody's like it's not gonna be that big oh it, yeah i'm stunned how big it is mm-hmm. already and it's months away yeah and that is april 8th yeah so we will if you don't hear from us on that day <laughs> <laughs> or if Mark just posts to Instagram like his face with a silent scream, you know what's happening. <laughs> the people in the foil hats have taken over. It's going to be crazy. But what's crazy is we'll pro- we we may go to the thing at the auditorium that night, but like the stadium, the eighty six thousand seat stadium is o- going to be open for people to view it together. Probably the largest eclipse viewing in one single location. Probably. Ever. Probably. The most people looking up at the same time. (laughs) (laughs) And like, we'll probably go out in the backyard and look at it and then come back. God, I hope it's not cloudy that day. I I really hope it's not cloudy. (laughs) So many Mystery Maniacs Eclipse special. Yes. It was cloudy. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Overcast. Nothing to see here. Go home. Oh, wow. Yeah. So we've got that craziness coming our way, but um, maybe some of you are also in the path. If you're in North America, you'll be able to see it. It's going to be exciting. It's funny. I went to a website and it just happened to, it was the NOAA website. And there was like, oh, look at the path of the location. And I was like, oh, I clicked on it. I'm like, that's my house (laughs) right there. It's Eclipse House. Ah, all right. Are you ready to start talking about the Blue Cross? Yes, the Blue Cross Season 1, Episode 10, originally aired the 25th of January, 2013, 11 years ago. Uh, Directed by Ian Barber. Ian Barber, and written by Paul Matthew Thomas. I think Paul Matthew Thomas went to boarding school. Well, you think people with triple barrel names automatically go to posh private schools? Uh, I have a triple barrel name. In England? Maybe. Father Brown's drinking sherry, cackling at something on the radio. So what do you think he's cackling on the radio? I don't know. I think it's The Goon Show. Would that have been on in 53? The Goon Show would have absolutely been on in 53. It started in 51. If you don't know about The Goon Show, it is the funniest radio show of all time. For sure. The lineup includes Spike Milligan, Harry Seacomb, and Peter Sellers. I'll tell you how funny this show was. We got a book of the scripts in high school, and we read these so much that two of us puked because we were drinking pop, and we couldn't stop laughing. I think you've mentioned that before. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> it's absolutely one of my favorite things. If you've ever heard of the 90s band Ned's Atomic Dustbin, they, that name of that band comes from an episode in which Ned, their friend, makes an atomic dustbin. <laughs> Well, um, which so, is fantastic because I think it's them because they have an episode. Unfortunately, this episode came out in uh, 58, so it might be a little wrong. Anachronistic. Anachronistic. But they have an episode in which um, it's called The Mountain Eaters. And let me read the synopsis to you so you can get a flavor of the Goon Show. Okay. As everyone knows, there's only one place in the world where the, you don't need a license to eat mountains. Oh. India. And that's why the famous Eccles, who is the insatiable appetite, who has an insatiable appetite, is discovering at the foot of Mount is discovered at the foot of Mount Everest. How can this all be in connection with the theft of the Mona Lisa from the Louvre is a mystery to which is very considerably not explained in the script. You have to be right because they definitely say, I'm going to steal the Mona Lisa. Yep. I need you to help me. Yeah. So something happens right after that that I have a big problem with in this episode. Yes. Somebody slips an envelope through Father Brown's letterbox. Yes. Letter slot in his front door and he picks it up and he reads it. Now, what would you do if you were sitting 10 feet away from your letter slot and somebody put something through and you knew it wasn't the mailman because it was late at night? You would open the door right away. Immediately, you would open the door. <laughs> you see Flambeau standing there going, crap. You he caught runs me. away. No, he's just running. <laughs> Why doesn't, but this happens all the time. Yeah. In, in TV and movies. Why don't people whip open the door? When I get secret notes to the front door, I always whip open the door and look around. <laughs> Let's be fair. Our front door is so far away from anywhere you might be hanging out. You'd never know that somebody put something through the door. Never. And there are so many considerable things in the way. Yes. Between you and the front door yes. that you'd have to jump over and dive around and walk around. And oh, there's no straight path to any place in our house. What I don't like about the beginning, they're like, oh, well, it's the Blue Cross. They say it's jewel encrusted. It has a couple of sapphires in it. Where is it at the start of the episode? Just sitting in the open church. Like in an alcove, kind of leaned up against the side in a church that frequently has its doors wide open. Yes. And if Flambeau wanted it, he could have just taken it. And nobody would have ever known who did it. Yep. It would have been gone, and that would have been it. He has no reason to tell Father Brown. Like, later on, he gets an idea of what Father Brown is. But he has no reason at the beginning. Oh, I think his plan is to confront Father Brown from the very beginning. I think that confrontation at the end where Flambeau confronts him about his father's death in the war is oh, okay. his whole point. Oh, okay. I think that's what he's heading towards. That's interesting. And playing a little game with him in the meantime. It's nice the, the candle is almost out. How do you think they did that? Uh, they burnt it for a while and then blew it out. Yeah, but like... Right before they shot it? Yeah, but... Okay. <laughs> yes, I understand how candles work. Okay? I don't know what you're asking. I'm then. asking how could they shoot that, have somebody blow out the candle, uh -huh. and then rush out of the scene? Um, They were behind the camera? Okay. 
and they went, and then they backed up. Okay, but and then they usually a candle goes out much quicker than nah. I think so. The smoke always comes off of them way longer than you want it to. If anybody's ever put one out that way. <laughs> He's breaking into all sorts of places, including the Ashmolean. I wonder if the Ashmolean's actually been broken into. Yes. Okay. It definitely has. Okay. In Oxford, yes. I have a pub full of alibis. He leaves his hanky. Yes, he does. Flambeau's hanky. With his fabulous F on it. Yes, because nobody else has the initial F. No. It's his signature, though. So Flambeau, this is the first time we meet him, but he's a recurring character in the books. We have to separate watching this episode for the first time and watching it now. Yeah. Because you watch it now and you go, oh. It's Flambeau. It's Flambeau. (laughs) We already know all about him. We know he's not really as bad as he seems because he's charming and Felicia even gives him a kissy kiss. Um, And a little bit more. (laughs) But that's many seasons later. But yeah, but he's already a well-established jewel thief. Everybody knows of his reputation. So when they see the F hanky, the fanky, they know (laughs) that it's him. When you find a Fanky, Flambeau's been there. <laughs> Flambeau's Fanky. I'm just glad he's classy and it's a clean hanky. Yes, that's true. The bishop shows up. Yes. Okay. So Father Brown and Mrs. M come out of the church with a bunch of other people. I would assume it's Sunday morning. Yes. Shouldn't the bishop be in church? Not necessarily. Instead of driving around? So the bishop is more of a clerical position in terms of they usually don't have, they visit churches on Sunday. And sometimes they do, like, sometimes we would have the bishop come and do the service. But sometimes the bishop would just come and sit in the service. And sometimes it would be months that we didn't see Okay, but you're proving my point. He's either doing the service or attending a service. He should be in church on Sunday morning, not out driving around. The other thing is, I know we are Anglican church in Canada, but this bishop is like high class. He's got a driver and everything. I I can't wrap my brain around kissing somebody's hand. They're just another human being. It seems incredibly weird. I can't get my brain around. Like the notion, like, okay. If I were him, I wouldn't want people to do that. Like, Like, ew. I understand (laughs) if you believe in the Roman Catholic religion, you believe the Pope is the voice of God on earth. Yes. Okay. That. That I get. I can sort of understand if you believe in that. Yeah. Okay. But the bishop is one level higher than you through multiple levels Mm -hmm. (laughs) to get to the voice of God. Yeah. He's He's nowhere near the Pope. He's like the voice of Job. (laughs) (laughs) He's just somebody who's been a priest longer than you. Yeah. And is better at paperwork. And is better But you have to kiss his ring. Is better at political stuff. Maybe I'm just too proud to do that kind of thing. He wants to move the cross because of the threat to it. But Father Brown has hidden the cross in his drawers. <laughs> in his drawer. <laughs> I spent an exorbitant amount of time staring at Father Brown's drawer in this episode. And what, what is in his drawer other than the hanky, the cross, and the letter? Besides the hanky, the cross, and the letter is Bartholomew's revised half-inch contour maps. Okay. So it's a book of maps. I'll put a link in the show notes. All these maps are online. They're incredibly beautiful to look at. Is it a valuable book of maps? No, 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 no. Why would he have it in a locked drawer? I do not know. I mean, in a drawer, yeah, but that's a locked drawer. No, I do not know. But the thing that I did notice was he also has issue 170 of Modeled Railway Constructor. (laughs) 
<laughs> oh, there's a rabbit hole here, isn't there? So, modern rabbit uh, modern rabbit hole. <laughs> modern rabbit construction. <laughs> We've never seen Father Brown show any interest in model railways before. Model Railway Constructor was a monthly British magazine about model railways. It ran uh, from 1934 up until into the 70s. And super nerds read it. It is super <laughs> nerdy. It's got to be. I mean, train spotting's one thing, but getting a magazine for railway construction. This wow. is... Like, yeah, it is. Wow. I read through some of them. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> and uh, I was like, wow, this isn't like they have articles, quite serious articles on how to recreate grass and the village green and all sorts of things. And well, they didn't have all the supplies that we have no, now. No, they had to make all of them. So. Everything was from scratch. Yes. So the, pre the bishop and Valentine team up on Father Brown, which is not fair. No. They're like, we need to take it to Newberry. We need to get it out of here. Father Brown's like, I'll take it. No, you don't get to take it. They have no respect for Father Brown. None. It's mean. They go, hmm, 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 hmm. They hmm at him. Only a heathen would steal a holy relic. I'm not sure this relic is all that ho holy. Did you look into Gradefell? Yeah, he was a Welsh abbot. But yeah. they say that the cross has healing properties. Yeah. It is gold with it is sapphires gold. in it. Yeah, that much gold would heal a lot of problems in my world. But mm -hmm. uh, um, do you think that Cadfail is per somewhat related to... Gratifail? Yeah. No, because there are a lot Everybody of, was called fail? Yeah, <laughs> there's a lot of fails in Welsh. <laughs> so Father Brown decides uh, he's not going to let the bishop send this thing to Newberry. He's going to take it himself. He feels, he feels responsible for it. He does a great nod with Sid here. I got it hidden right here. Under my hat. <laughs> <laughs> and now we're on to the train portion. We've seen this train before. Let's move on. <laughs> so Dawson, who is Flambeau's accomplice here, yes, is pretty darn clever in the train station at insinuating himself into conversation with Father Brown. I think he pretends he doesn't have enough money to buy the ticket, has a little fit yep. just to get Father Brown's attention so he can let Father Brown to the front of the line and then sit with him in the train. It's, it's the all only planned two, out. It's the only two weeks I get to see my lady friend. Yeah. <laughs> It's an arrangement. He's so skeezy. Yeah, You can smell him. Yeah. <laughs> he really can. Just by looking at him, you can smell him. And, of course, he wants to share a compartment. So it's it's Dawson, Father Brown, the rich guy. DeVay. DeVay and Flambeau. <laughs> DeVay is a red herring wearing a yellow vest. Yes, he is. <laughs> and he is so great at He eats all the scenery. Yep. He causes all sorts of problems. He's drinking. He's smoking his pipe. He's, he's obnoxious. On the run from gangsters. He is a perfect red herring. He's going for the horses. Yep. He's, he's a Ponzi aristocrat kind of guy. Yep. Uh, yeah. Devay's the first moment when I realized something that you said to me about this episode was right. When we were talking about it before we started recording, you said that to you, this struck you like a Sherlock Holmes story. Yes. And when Father Brown says, well, Devay's not everything he appears to be because his collar's frayed and like he notices things about him that 
give away the fact that he's not as aristocratic as he would like to seem. It's a deductive. There's a couple of yeah. Father Brown's the got his scenes. Yeah, he's Father Brown's got his deductive powers turned up to eleven to impress everybody. They are kind of a motley crew, though, sitting there together. And of course, Flambeau's pretending to be a minister going to war. Yes. So. Duvet's reading a newspaper, which is the turf from October 3rd, 1953. So we know exactly a whole newspaper about horse races. The time frame. Now, did you catch this is tiny and way overly specific, but relates to us. When Father Brown talks about racing, did you hear what he says? He likes to have a little flutter. An occasional flutter. Uh And those are the exact words that Jude Tyndall sent us. When we asked about what he asked for in the in the newspaper agent. Yeah, you're right. You're right. So she was referencing this episode. Well, a little flutter is a pretty common phrase to use towards a small bet. Yes. A, a casual bet. Yeah. One thing I don't understand about Flambeau's character here when he's pretending to be Captain Flynn. Yes. The impression that we're supposed to have is that he's off to Korea and that he is fearful about going, but he's not a new soldier, right? No, he's not a new soldier, but this is the first combat that he's probably seeing. Then why does he have so many ribbons and stuff on his uniform I do not know because I was obsessed with something else in this scene. <laughs> the newspaper? <laughs> no, his book. Oh, The Old Man in the Sea. So he's reading Ernest Hemingway's Old Man in the Sea. When did that come out? 1953. So it's brand new, hot off the presses. This is a first edition, 1953, Old Man in the Sea. It has an orange and blue cover on it. It's beautiful. It's be- That's a dust jacket. I know from watching Antiques Roadshow, yes. an old book with a dust jacket is worth like double what the same book without it is. I don't, they obviously recreated this because. Or they borrowed it. N- no, I don't think anyone would actually lend them this book. Oh. How much do you think this book is worth? One million dollars. No, no. Okay. It's not crazy like that. 10000 It's $1,000 on a couple of... Oh, they would have borrowed that book. No problem. You think so? Yep, yep. They could insure it. They could they could pay it back if it got damaged. Well, on this website, you can buy it for $1,000 or um, you can pay with Visa too. <laughs> there you go. So the guy who did the cover of that book... The art... Yeah, his name is Hans Tisdell. Tisdell? Yes, he's a German-born artist who moved to England to do art. And before the war, he moved there and he did so many book covers. He was super well-known for book covers. He has has retrospective books now that are just the book covers he did. Well, it's beautiful. Yeah. Have you ever read Old Man in the Sea? It's not the most exciting story. Oh, I found it so boring. We had to read it in high school. I couldn't believe that our teacher thought high schoolers could make it through that book. It's short. I'll give you that. Not short enough. It's not short enough. Hemingway, okay. Yeah, yeah, but, oh. There are other Hemingways that I like better that are not (laughs) so rah-rah, I'm a dude. (laughs) No, everything he wrote is rah-rah, I'm a dude. Uh, You'd be surprised. But it was so far, like if you had a continuum of books that teenagers will understand and get into and relate to and like and Old Man in the Sea, they are so far away 
on that continuum that you can fit every other book possible in between. <laughs> yeah. We, we did, also read Pilgrim's Progress in the same class, we, we did, which was just as painful. We didn't read Old Man and the Sea. We read The Pearl, which is kind of like it. Mm. So Valentine's chasing uh, Father Brown. He misses the train when he gets on, so he meets him at the next stop. The, the whole time... Father right? Brown's like, uh-oh. <laughs> and then it's like totally... There's some... There are some Keystone Cops going on. Some Benny Hill music going on. I was kind of expecting a scene like a Scooby-Doo scene yeah. where Father Brown <laughs> runs out of one one carriage and into the other one and Valentine comes the opposite way. Yeah. So the whole time, Father Brown has four things. A hat, an umbrella, a suitcase, and a package. That he holds out in front of him. He holds the package as if it's contagious, right? Yes. Like, Look at my package. I have a package. Look at my brown paper package wrapped up with string. It's one of my favorite things. Um, did you get that reference? Yes. Okay. Um, <laughs> thanks for laughing at it. He, he holds it out like, I hope nobody notices. I have this package. It's yes. very important. That is the dumbest way to transport the cross. <laughs> and Father Brown should know better. I realize that he's trying to draw Flambeau out while also making sure the, the cross gets to Newberry safely. He feels responsible for that. Yeah. He's trying to do two things at once, but putting the cross in a brown cardboard box that he clearly values is like a neon sign. And Father Brown does this and goes to the train station. How does Flambeau ever hear about it so that he can whip up a decoy that's exactly the same? That's the other thing I don't get. Flambeau might have deduced that Father Brown would take it, right? Because yeah. he's that kind of, he doesn't like authority. He's going to yeah. he's gonna take the package himself. Okay, I give him credit for, for predicting that. I cannot give him credit for predicting exactly the size, shape, color, String color, knot. knot type, all of that. Unless he was like outside of Brown's window looking in, watching him wrap it. And <laughs> then ran off to get an identical knocked box. knocked on the door and left another note. And when Father Brown went to look at that note, which says, ha ha, I made you look. <laughs> Flambeau looks in the window and sees what the package looks like. No, no, no. The knock on the door. He opens the door. Free box for carrying crosses. <laughs> oh. It's just left there. There you go. So he's like, wow, how convenient's that? I don't have to come up with anything. I can just put it in this box. Flam how, how nice people Flambo's Nicky Nicky Nine Door <laughs> is the name of the episode. Okay, so you're Father Brown, and you have to take this cross to Newberry, and you've got to take the train. You know Flambo's after it. You want to draw him out, but you don't want him to get the cross. How do you carry it? See, I'm going opposite. I'm putting the cross in my luggage, and I'm carrying a giant, like I'm saying, two by two, cross-shaped box. <laughs> That occasionally, because it's so bulky and, and difficult to do, occasionally I end up having upside down and I have to rapidly turn over for comedic effect. Or sling on your back. Yes, or sling on. <laughs> Walk like Jesus down that's, the street. That's what I'm doing. But the cross is smaller than that. Flambeau wouldn't fall for that. Well, you know. I just think he could have tricked him better. Like, have the suitcase, have the package, have something in the package, but that's not the cross, and have the cross somewhere else. Yeah. So that when he goes for the box, he doesn't get it. Like, Father Brown wears a cassock. 
Yeah, he could easily have it hanging like over his loins or something. <laughs> over his loins. <laughs> he could have put a big gold chain on it and wore it around his neck. <laughs> Father Brown Wu-Tang. This isn't Greta Fails Cross. This is my bling. It's just my bling. Or he could have had Mrs. M make him a big sandwich and put it in the big sandwich. The big sandwich. And packed it up like a lunch. That's my lunch. This is my very important package. Yes. But the lunch. Like a picnic lunch. The lunch had, even better, he could have had Mrs. M come with him because you know she would have, and they could have put it in her knickers. <laughs> you know Mrs. M wears giant underwear. You know they're yep. giant. Plenty yep. of room. Plenty of room for in the, the back. Bling. For the for <laughs> in the, the back, that would have made it uncomfortable to sit down, though. Wow. Mrs. M, why don't you sit down? I can't. <laughs> it's it's under. It's it's uncomfortable. Big hat. A big hat. He could have put it under yeah. a big hat. <laughs> Lady F could have brought a big hat. Absolutely. <laughs> Lady F's not in this episode. She would be like, "Oh, you're flamboyant. You're so cute." All I'm saying is lots of ways to hide that cross yeah. and double double blind flambeau. But no, he puts it, he actually puts it in the box that he pretends it's in. Oh, so stupid. So they get to I this, expect more. They get to this place. It's Bedford, I think it's the name of it. And there's a sign with a bunch of flyers on it. Did you look at those? Mm-mm. They're beautiful, beautiful modernist font. Absolutely great job. They're all for, um, they're all like anti-crime posters that you would see in the cop shop. But This is the train station where Valentine catches up with him. Is that what yes. you're talking about? Okay. But then it says Kemblford Constabulary. Is Kemblford a village? Does it have its own constabulary? Does then it have a mayor? I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't know anymore about the geography of this place. No, I don't either. DeVay gets yanked off the train. He yep. owns gangster's money. Surprise. Yep. He's, totally, he's like, oh, you got me coppers. Yeah, he's totally, oh, you got me coppers. Father Brown goes, it's a mile to the Priory. Do these people understand that a mile is not a long walk? That's why he's saying it. It's only a mile to the Priory. That's why they can walk. But it seems like they walk for four and a half hours. You know that game where you put a ball under one shell and you switch it around? Yes. That's what's happening with the packages yes, all the, the time. the package is always switching back and forth. In the train, when Dawson pulls the cord and makes them stop yep. and then puts up the smoke bomb off, they fall yep. and he swaps them. So he almost does it. When they get off the train, yep. Flambeau swaps them. Yep. When Going they go over, over the, the fence, fence, Father Brown swaps them. Yep. It's like, like they're walking both through the forest with holding them out in front of him by the strings. Look, I have a special package. Oh, yes. Well, I have a special package, too. My special package weighs exactly the same amount as your special package. Father Brown's special package is the name <laughs> of the episode. I guess it's a good thing they put in a box, because if they took any of my ideas, they'd be swapping underwear by now or something. You know? That's my sandwich. No, it's my giant sandwich. My giant sandwich looks just like your giant sandwich. Mrs. M, take off your underwear. <laughs> and Father Brown pulls out a giant umbrella from the giant crossbox and uses it like the penguin with a sword. Flambo has a little old lady with him that looks just like Mrs. M. <laughs> They're swapping old ladies. They're all with a special package up front. Walking through the woods. Father Brown. Can you find the lady? Which one has the lady? (laughs) Father Brown is trying to make Flambeau 
understand that what he's doing is wrong. Mm-hmm. It's what he's always doing. But Finky ain't falling for it. No. <laughs> they have kind of an argument in the woods. I have your your neckerchief. Oh, really? Not a neckerchief. I have, a- I have your hanky. <laughs> <laughs> Flambeau says, I'm kind of disappointed that we couldn't have had more of a debate. And Father Brown says, a deficient in reason, perhaps. And Flambeau says, a celibate simpleton. Like, ooh, burn. burn. It's totally like. But who's uh, got the big sandwich now? They have mm-hmm. a rap battle. <laughs> yeah, they do. It's a Flambeau and Father Brown rap battle. Well, Father Brown loses because he ends up tied to a tree. Well, he leaves clues for Valentine, too. Yeah, the umbrella and the Valentine, hat. who, okay, I know we've said Valentine's a little thick every once in a while, but like he like looks at the, the hat and the umbrella. He like, sees it while they're speeding by. That's wait, a good eye. Wait a minute. Maybe. No, maybe. he picks up on it right away. <laughs> He's not stupid. I thought it was a little slow. Flambeau has a gun. A little gun. And then later he has a bigger gun. He points at it. But that's a tiny gun. It's like a palm gun. But he points it at Father Brown. The first time you watch this, you don't know if Father Brown's going to get shot because you don't know Flambeau. Yeah. You don't know how dangerous he is. And later you don't. You want to think that he's a gentleman thief. Yes. But but he does commit crimes and he will hurt somebody. Yes. If he has to. So Dawson is the dumbest accomplice. Yes. He hits his head on a wall. Yes. Knocks himself out. He didn't have polio. He got his knees taken out by, by some ruffians, by yes. some gangsters. And Maybe he's the same know gangsters that, that Flambeau is up to. going to double cross him. Oh. <laughs> oh. There should be a sound effect for that. <laughs> oh wait, I'm late for confessional. Flambeau will be there waiting for me. <laughs> yeah, what did he do? Double back? I, I guess. In the truck, I guess. Is that truck parked out in front of the church? I just want beautiful things like your package, Father Brown. <laughs> that sounds kind of gross. I know. <laughs> I just want what's in your drawers. <laughs> That's all I want. We're writing Flambeau, Dr. <laughs> Flambeau, Father Brown, flash fiction. <laughs> Mrs. M's right outside the curtains. <laughs> We're going to get caught. <laughs> oh. She is like the worst listener ever. Father Brown's really mad here. Mm-hmm. As he should be. But then... He's stripped of holy orders. Oh, wait. No, he isn't. Bishop Asshole comes along and says, I'm removing you from your parish. Yeah. And Father Brown looks like a puppy who's just been yelled at. Yeah. Like, oh, you just feel so bad for him and then father brown does the whole uh kaiser sose thing and puts it all together well he's sitting with valentine in the police uh interrogation room and lays it all out yep flambeau's big plan and how dawson was his accomplice and how he pulled the train the chain and the fire smoke bomb and the swapping and past the parcel and he just wanted what was in my drawers and mrs m's knickers and the sandwich and nobody knew what was going on and now he's got it and he's gone yep off to Harwich, the boatyard. Mm, to look for the Santa Cruz. I've got on my side. What? <laughs> Father Brown is never afraid to die. Nope. And He's like, I'm good with God. You're going to shoot me? Do it. If he went through Flanders, mm-hmm. if Father Brown says he was 17, like, wow. Yeah. He's been through some stuff. He's yeah. seen it. Both wars. Yeah. He's seen it. So Sid, I think it's implied here that Father Brown wasn't in the Holy Orders in the First World right. War. And was in the Second World War. Yes, I think that's accurate. Yeah. 
Sid is super detective in this episode. Super detective. He finds out that Dawson isn't Dawson's real name. Yes. Finds out that he's a criminal and what his crimes are. He tracks Dawson. He knows what's going on. Stalks him. Yep. Better than the police do. Yep. He goes with Father Brown to Harwich so that he's not there at the boatyard by himself. Yep. He saves the cross. Catches the cross. He does a great job. Yeah. Sid's a good guy in this episode. I like Sid waiting behind the phone booth watching Dawson. Yep. Peering around the edge of it. So Flambeau's dad was a deserter at Flanders in World War I and yes. was shot for desertion. And he blames the church yeah. for not preventing that and says, I wouldn't be a thief if I'd known my dad. And I would have known my dad if the if the military hadn't shot him and the military wouldn't have shot him if the church had stopped them. So it's Father Brown's fault. I'm a thief. Yeah. There's some logic problems there. There's some logic problems. Like I'm guessing if your dad was a deserter that he probably wouldn't have been a real stand-up dad. Maybe. Well, I don't I don't want to Maybe he was just literally scared. Maybe. You know, and made a mistake and ran away, you know, when he shouldn't have, but... It, I guess it depends on how purposeful his desertion was. Yeah. You know, like if he stole a truck and dressed up like a nun and was driving away. <laughs> With a giant crossbox. <laughs> that's a little different. But Flambeau's got some baggage of his own, apparently. Yeah, he does indeed. And poor Dawson's getting his comeuppance because now he's in chains. He's like, chains. It's like you better read him his rights before I shoot him because yeah. I'm gonna. <laughs> I absolve you. So the bishop gives him his job back. Wait a minute. You missed the slow motion Sid dive. Yeah, that catches was it. slow motion And Sid. Flambeau swan dives yep. like some kind of Olympic swimmer into the water. And they shoot 1950s guns at him in the water. That ain't going to work. Gonna they work. didn't go six inches into the water before no. they stopped. But he's got a nice suit and shoes on. He does. He's a fancy dresser. Wouldn't that weigh you down swimming? It would, but he'd kick his shoes off right away. As soon as he hit but the they line. would have been sh- tied. No, you can get your shoes off even if they're tied. I what I have a problem with is swimming in socks. <laughs> well, if you're gonna take the shoes off, take the socks off. Suppose I would have just gone underwater and then gone doubled back under the dock. Yeah, that's what people usually do. And Valentine's like, give me lights. Like, okay, an hour and a half later, yeah, they will have rounded up some kind of flashlights or something. They're not going to catch him. The bishop doesn't apologize. No, 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 no. He just says it never happened. Yeah. Whatever. Whatever. I mean, he does tell him that the cardinal had good words for Father Brown. He didn't have to tell him that anybody praised him at all. No, he didn't. Because frankly, the whole thing wouldn't have happened if Father Brown had followed orders and not tried to take it himself. Yes, it just, I don't think Flambeau would have been as eager to steal it from anybody else. Are you aware if of Valentine the- had just taken it by himself, I don't think Flambeau would have stolen it from him. No, I don't, I don't think so either. Are you aware that Susie was in this episode? <laughs> Susie has some some holy French pantyhose. That's And she burns a dinner. That's Susie's part. And Mrs. M calls her a slattern. No, she doesn't call her that. She says a woman should buy her own lingerie or else walk around looking like a slattern. She doesn't say you Susie are a slattern. So it just means slut, doesn't it? It means slut or prostitute or untidy slovenly woman. Okay. So on the website I wanted to look up the etymology and when it was first used, 1639. Okay. First used. But then I saw this. <laughs> I can't believe Webster does this, and I can't believe this was published. (laughs) All right. So there's a a section called Recent Examples on the Web. Mm -hmm. 
Now, slattern is not a word that I've heard anywhere else but this. So episode. these are like, here's the word used in a sentence recently. Yes. Okay. And this is from Andy Webster from the New York Times on the 15th of March, 2017. hmm Joe, he's obviously talking about like a production or something. Okay. A 19-year-old newcomer played by Rita Tushington. Tushington. Is encumbered by her slattern mother. <laughs> Played by Dora Bryan. Encumbered by her slattern mother. And this is in the New York Times? Somebody had their fancy pants on. Somebody had their thesaurus out. Yeah. (laughs) You mean she was held back by her prostitute mom? Can I use slut here? No, let's find a different word. Yeah. Okay. The A makes it better. If it's a U, it's bad. It's a slatter. I was kind of amazed that they did that. Have you ever been encumbered by your slatter's mother? No. No. Even though her name is Madonna. <laughs> have not. Does have that pointy bra. Yes. Well, we don't have a best corpse. Wait a minute. Father Brown gets a telegram before the end. Yes, Father because Brown. Because Flambeau, Fanky, is classy. <laughs> and we will see him again. Yes. Right? So he's like... Oh, you may have won this time, Father Brown. But until we meet again. We will meet again in Latin. Ooh la la. Yeah. I'm looking at the telegram form. Yeah. Because telegrams amaze me anyway. Yeah, they're incredible. The very bottom on the form, like in the, on the, printed on the form, not part of the telegram, is for free repetition of doubtful words, telephone, telegrams, inquiry. (laughs) For free repetition of doubtful words. So when the tape came in with the words on it, mm-hmm. right? So they would get these long series of tapes. Right. And that, they'd, they'd translate them from the Morse, right? As they And, the, and it would print. And so if print. they made a mistake and you're like, did he really say what I think he said? Is that and, the word that it was? And tape it in. Right. right? Maybe, he, maybe it was a mistake. But they did that with early carbon cut. Co- paper underneath it so, so there was they had, they had so a backup they had backups but i'm just imagining that I, I it would be so fun to be the person on the line who gets those calls it says here that you want a div- that my wife wants a divorce surely divorce is not the right word you mistranslated the <laughs> the the dots and dashes she said she wanted a new roast or something, she right? She called my mom a slatter? Uh, no. Are you sure? I don't think that's what she said. We hit those the cross in a giant cross box? <laughs> I didn't know they made sub sandwiches in that shape. <laughs> that can't be right. <laughs> Father Brown Subway commercial with a giant <laughs> sub in the shape of a cross. It's the Easter special. It's the Easter special. <laughs> We're going to heck. Ham and cheese. <laughs> <laughs> no, it'd be like tuna salad, right? It'd be tuna salad. Because Lent. Yeah, it's not even Lent. Friday. No. <laughs> yeah, we can't have Best Corpse. Nobody died. Well, you know what died? Whatever Susie made that food. <laughs> that was an over-roasted roast. Yeah. I mean, Dawson hits his head, but he doesn't die. No. Um, so after the credits. Flambeau gets away and does more crimes and comes back. Mm-hmm. Uh, Susie's probably going to go on burning stuff. Susie's not. I don't think she's in the second season. Sid goes on being awesome. I Dawson's think- going to jail. Do you think DeVay's going to jail? Has he broken a law? I think he'd be happy to go to jail. He'd be safer in prison. Safer in prison. 
I think he'll, since he turned over in about two seconds, I'm sure he'll turn state's evidence on the gangster. Yeah, he, he wants, he needs yeah. help. Yeah, Queen's evidence. Yeah. And that's it. And that's Father Brown season one. The whole thing. The whole shebang. Next week. Clap him, cuck. And remixed. The big interview. The big interview. Dun, dun, dun. You will be amazed. It will be awesome. Yes. So until then, bye, maniacs. Bye, maniacs. Keep your hands on your finger. Thanks for joining us on the Mystery Maniacs podcast. If you enjoyed our crazy podcast today, don't miss out on future episodes. Follow us on social media for updates, behind-the-scenes content, and exclusive sneak peeks. Subscribe, like, and share to spread the word. Bye, maniacs. And interview... Uh,